You're listening to a Wheels on the Ground production. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Clonawilly.com. Clonawilly and Clonopussy are do-it-yourself molding kits that allow anyone to make an exact replica of any penis or vulva into a sex toy at home. All materials are ethically sourced and 100% body safe. If you shop at Clonawilly.com right now and use the promo code DARKPOD at checkout, you can get 20% off site-wide. Wow! That's a deal that cannot be cloned. I talked to one of the representatives the other day, and they are more than willing to answer any questions you have about how to make your own clone willy or clone pussy, how to use the kit. They're so, so willing to go on this journey of cloning a willy or cloning a pussy with you, and they're super nice and super responsive to any concerns. So if you want to pick up your own clone willy or clone a pussy kit right now, head over to clonawilly.com and use promo code DARKPOD, that's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout right now. And remember, this is a deal that cannot be cloned. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. This is a podcast that looks at disability stories. It's like sitting down with a really close friend to have a real conversation about disability, sexuality, and everything else about the disability experience that we don't talk about. The things about being disabled, we keep in the dark. Here is your deliciously disabled host, disability awareness consultant, Andrew Gerza. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends. Thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. I am sitting down with you today as your disabled best friend to shine a bright light on these stories with you. Let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled. I'm your host, Andrew Gerza. Let's get started. Couple little housekeeping things. I want you to be a guest on my show and I want you to come on my show and talk with me. I love having guests. I love the conversations we have. I love how they go from flirty and fun to real serious things around disability. And I want to make sure your story has a light shone on it. So if you want to be a guest on the show, make sure to go to, uh, to the show notes today and click on the link to apply on the show. And you can pick and choose a time that works for you. And we'll have you on. But I would love to have you on. We're always looking for more guests to keep the show alive and running. So please consider signing up and tell your friends and let's uh, get a lot of people on on the show. Housekeeping number two, Cripology episode two will be produced at some point soon. I've just been going through some health stuff and haven't always had the energy to sit in a computer and write a whole show out. So 
I am do I am working on Cryptology episode two. It's coming. I promise it will be a really good one. I know what the topic is going to be about. I just have to sit down and actually do it. So stay tuned for that. Um. So and also I want to let you know of our Patreon supporter today for the show. So let me get right to that right now. The lucky shout-out today goes to a new patron who pledged $1 a month to keep the bright light shining on this show, and I'm so thankful they did. I want to give the shout-out to our new patron, Evelyn Krampf. And Evelyn, my awkward pun for you is, Evelyn Krampf, you don't cramp my style. Thank you so much for your pledge. If you want to pledge to the show to keep the light shining on a show like this and to keep disability content in our ear holes you can pledge to patreon.com slash disability after dark where you can pledge as little as one dollar a month up to five dollars a month or more or even a yearly amount if that works for your budget and every dollar that you send to me goes into me thriving and surviving as a disabled content creator and goes into new equipment and new software for the this award-winning program so if you're able to monetarily i appreciate it but if you can't do so monetarily, please go on your podcast catcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever it is you listen, and leave us a review about how the show is important. Also, let us know how we can improve and email us at disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com, and we'd love to hear from you as well. So, um, But now let's get on to the show today. It's going to be a really, really good one, and I'm excited by it. So we know over the years the show's expanded on to do different things from sexuality. But initially, when I started doing this show, I only wanted to talk about sexuality and disability and talk to people about sexuality and disability on this program. Well, we're gonna we're kinda gonna go back to our roots today and really talk about sex and disability today with one of my all time favorite guests on the show. I listened back to the first 20 minutes of this podcast and I was falling over laughing with my guests. We were so flirty and dirty and and like fun on this program today it was so fun i got to sit down with andy arias who is a actor and advocate out of los angeles and we talk about queerness and disability and his his role as a bossy bottom and sexuality and and we flirt with each other and it's a, it was a really fun raw honest interview with somebody just talking talking the truth about sex and disability and i really really enjoyed it He's so fun and so honest here, and it was such a good, fun, wholesome time with him. And it really, and wholesome is definitely spelled H-O-L-E-S-O-M-E. He, it was really, really fun to sit down with him. We just laughed and flirted and talked about the reality of gay sex when you have a disability, and I really, really enjoyed that, and I hope you do too. So, just going to put a disclaimer here that this is an explicit episode. We do go to a lot of places here. And just be aware that if you are not wanting to listen to explicit stuff, you may or may not want to skip this one. But it was really, really important to get this out there because we don't talk about these things. And I'm so happy to sit down there and talk talk sex and disability and flirt with my friend Andy Arias right now on a brand new episode of Disability After Dark. Andy Arias, hello. Hi, Andrew. How are you, handsome? I'm well. Thanks. It's it's always great when the the very first thing a guest says is handsome. Thank you. Thank right? you. Right. Um, 
I'm doing well. Uh, it's so nice to have you on the show. It's we have been like kind of in each other's orbit as both queer and disabled people now for like I want to say we've known we've known about each other for like what five five, five years, years almost yeah yeah five years yeah like I feel like longer than that I don't know but we've known each other on the internet because the internet is you know where all of us meet each other um for a while and so we've been talking about doing this for at least two years so we're finally doing it yay hello yay. I'm so excited oh my gosh you can't and even yes for you for all of you listening we're recording this in July it's probably gonna come out in October so if you're listening and you're in like the the northern part of the world it's cold right now uh it's gonna be yes. chilly so I hope you're listening and you are um sipping on some pumpkin spice lattes as you listen to this Right, and I hope me and Andrew can keep you warm. How about I mean, that? I mean, listen, two for one. Right, exactly. There two we go. Gims we for the, a lot of- two gay gims for the price of one. There it is. Two gay gims for the price of one. We could make a lot of money on OnlyFans, Andrew. I mean, listen. Together, hey, OnlyFans people, listen, I don't know what your accessibility policy is. I don't know any of that shit, but I'll do it. Hey, I got a, I got a big dick and I'm down for <laughs> Right. Let me know. I, got, I, got, I got some big big balls but i don't i you probably have a bigger dick than me but that's you know i mean i mean yeah. listen we i can compare the, okay but, but listen, Measuring listen tape? not that i'm not that <laughs> whether you have a bigger small dick i'm sure it's beautiful and amazing and great um hey. that was a really weird intro and i didn't know we were gonna go that way Here i'm we are. sorry <laughs> no it's me i just didn't know that i just now we're there we're there now um so for those who don't know who you are, I mean, many disabled people know who you are because you are quite prolific in the, like, queer disability space. Um, could you introduce yourself to the audience and tell us a bit yes. about who you are? My name is Andy Arias. I consider myself an actor advocate, Andy Arias, because I work on national policy, but I also produce films, and I'm an actor and a stand-up comedian. So I like to balance those two things together um, as much as I possibly can, because I think one feeds the other. Um, and I'm also a self-proclaimed unicorn that goes by he. Amazing, thank you. That's a yeah. lot of that's a lot of stuff to like put in one quick elevator bio. Thank you. Um, you also live in LA. Which, I live in LA. Yes. Ooh, Hollywood. You know, just a bit jealous because, I mean. I live in the cold of Canada. So. I've always wanted to live in Canada, though. I'm no, sorry. I mean, I, I mean yeah. you know, you're not missing that much. I mean, Canada's okay, but if you're disabled, everywhere is kind of the worst. Oh, ew. <laughs> I mean, even if you live in Canada, it's, it's okay here, but like accessibility here is not great either. Our healthcare is free, but if you're disabled, it's still bad. Like it's free, but it's still not great. But aren't the men more tolerative? Oh, this is what, oh, you mean in terms of the fuckability of the people? Um, well, listen, I've pretty much fucked most of, well, not most of Toronto, but I've, I've fucked a lot of Toronto people. I mean, they're not, they're not, Toronto's not bad. They got some good lookers, but unfortunately, the queers that I've met in our community haven't always been the kindest. So, Ooh. yeah, they're hot and tasty, but they're kind of assholes. Oh, yeah, that kind of spoils the hot and tastiness of it. I mean, I'm hot and tasty, so if you want to play with my big dick later. I mean, there fine. we go. It's fine. And just for anyone listening, 
Annie and I have talked about this. This this flirting is totally consensual. It's fine. Don't worry. I I said yes before, so it's fine. Well, I mean, I mean, it's 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 fine. Anyway, Annie and I are just flirting because we've known each other forever, and it's fun to just be weird on a podcast. But so you do public policy, and you're an actor. Mm -hmm. Kind of a kind of a cool, weird like mix of things. Odd combo, yeah. Um. But I know you have cerebral palsy and I always usually ask my guests what, you know, what are their disabilities and how do they impact your life? Because I know you have CP and because I know you're like one, a seep basically. um, I want to learn from you. Like, and we know that CP is so different for every single disabled person out there with CP. Like one person with CP, another person with CP will not have the same presentation, will not have the same like, the way it looks, the way it feels. So I want to understand from you, how does disability look and feel for you? And or how does CP look and feel for you? And how does it impact your day-to-day life? So I have very skinny legs because I sit on my ass, like I'd say 15 hours a day, right? Fully. And so like um, uh, my friends describe my legs as Kermit the Frog legs, which is fine. Um, my ex described them as ballerina legs, which is okay too. Uh, but I mainly have spasms in my feet, and then my upper extremities are, are you know, they they don't have spasms, but I do have a spine shaped like an S. So you do, S curve spine, yeah. Yes, so, um, so yeah, like it always looks like I'm giving people attitude when I like transfer stand up or do don't any lie kind though of you're gay and disabled aren't you kind of already doing it isn't that sort of like are you sort of already doing it don't I lie am. tell the truth tell the truth i am but it's really my scoliosis really helps with that because one leg is higher than the other so it really kind of oh gets so you get little... to be like that queen bitch i see now yes exactly mm-hmm, like it, mm-hmm. it looks like i'm giving the extra like f you to everyone so it's we, exactly i mean we know you are don't pretend yeah. like you aren't so okay so the scoliosis how else does the cp play a role well you know it it really like when i get super nervous which doesn't happen a lot but like when i get super nervous like i will constantly spasm my legs so my legs will stick out straight oh no what happens on a first date or a hookup like what if you're nervous because the guy's super hot what is gonna happen uh, when you go, what is gonna happen when you go to suck my dick later what how <laughs> Well, I'm just gonna have a huge spasm, and that's just gonna be that. But with the, but that's with you. I haven't um, really when I date someone, it, it that's when it comes out a lot. Actually, when I go on a first second date, and people are always like, "Are your legs okay?" And I'm like, "They're they're okay. They're just having they have a mind of their they're own. They're just excited to be here with you. Is what they yeah, are. Exactly. It's like the more they spasm, the more excited I am. So don't worry about it." Yeah. Cool. So they like the spasms and like, you know, um, I don't know how you deal with cold, but cold really affects my skin. Yeah, me too. It really severely. It so when, fucks me right up. I need to be in a hot climate all the time. Yeah. And so that's why I moved back from because I used to live on the East Coast, as you know. Um, but I had to move back because there were days where I would have severe spasm and it would not go away. It would be like constant spasm. And 
I wish that would happen to my abdominals, but no, it just happens with my legs. <laughs> you just want that. You just want that CP six pack. I know. Yeah, I get I it. You want the CP? The one we had. The one. The the you know the six pack we had when we were kids before we before we filled out. You mean when I was five? Yes. Yeah. When we were all little boys, we were all little kids, most of all CP kids, because we were so tight. We had like, we looked fucking ripped because our whole body was like, I'm having a spasm all the fucking time. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Any, anything else you want to to tell about your CP that people might not know about? Um, You know, I think that people, you know, I get accused of having a spinal cord injury all the time. And listen, you know, disability is disability to me, but you and I grew up with disabilities. So we, it feels different to me, right? Like I have to flop around like a fish a lot to get things done and to move around. Like when I'm on my back, I look like a goddamn turtle when I'm trying to get Me too. It's called the dead, first of all, let's get it right. It's called the dead turtle position. And I coined it so you can just send your PayPal monies over to me because I know. But really it is when when I'm fucking a dude or when I'm having sex with a guy, it's, I call it my one sex position and it's the dead turtle. Because yeah. I can't move. I can't do anything. And if you want me to service you, you have to like come to me because I can't move. <laughs> yeah. No. And people thought it was because I was a lazy bitch. And I always blame it on my disability. I'm like, listen, you uh, you get a hole. You get two holes. But you, you just have to come here because I can't move for you. I'm listen, sorry. if you want me to choke on that D, you're going to have to yeah. come to me. Thanks, bitch. Yeah, Bye. Exactly. Basically, yes, exactly. <laughs> wow, the gay queen in me that I haven't let out for a while is all of a sudden emerging. It's happening right now. Um, I love her. I, she hasn't come out in quite some time, but she's emerging. Uh, and her name is, my last drag thing that I did, her name is Tartan Cart. So I guess there she is. Or Spastique. I, you know what? I love Spastique. I do. She's because I think you know. I think she might have to make an appearance. I want to if I ever if it's ever safe to like do drag again. Right. <laughs> I th- I think like I haven't I haven't done it properly in years and years, but Spastique would be so fun to do. <laughs> Spastique would be amazing. I would I would fly to Canada to watch. I would do it in LA. Like I want to do it with like you know the fancy drag queens, like the real yeah. like. Like RuPaul, call me. Let's do shit. Um, but so okay, I want to shift to sex. Not that we've, not that we really need to do much of a segue because we've kind of just been there for about five minutes. Right, we've been we've been camping out in the sex parking lot for a while, but it's okay. Yeah. So the very first thing on your question, I I asked you to give me bullet points. And the very first thing on your questionnaire was sex. And so, right. <laughs> so I feel the need to ask you, Andy, what is, what is. What does sex and disability look like for you? And how does your CP play a role in your sex? You know, it's it's very interesting for me because I am it's a little apprehensive of the whole hookup culture because here's the reason, and my disability plays a lot into it. Like I I tend to be more relationship oriented before I start taking on my clothes, only because my body looks the way it looks it's different and i don't want people to like like judge you judge me or like make me feel like a freak or like 
whoa, and I don't want to have to explain that my bottom can only turn this way or my legs can only go that way. I want somebody to know my body enough to just throw me around like a rag doll and call me Helen, whatever they want to call me, whenever they're doing whatever they're doing. I just but, learned a lot about your, I just learned a lot about your sex, your intersexual person. I didn't right. know that there's a Helen in there. Who's Helen? What? Who is that? So, Helen is, is she is, is she is Helen the, on is she Helen on wheels? Is she's that Helen she is? on wheels? Is yeah. that who she is? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm what's known as a bossy bottom, and it really takes a guy, a good, strong-willed minded person, to like get me to uh control, like non-control the situation. So, so to, to non-control control. So that's a, that's the kind of bottom you are. You're like you do it, but I'm actually going to tell you everything you're going to yeah, do. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what I want done and how I want it done and for how long I want you to do it for. That's wow, amazing. you are a fucking bossy bottom. Look at you. So yeah. how are we going to fuck then is my question. I mean, um, I you know, I would do like a middle of the road with you. I'd let you take control. A middle of the road, girl. <laughs> girl okay, first of all, that, that, that that's just not going to fly. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to pull rank here. Um, okay. I, I'm gonna be your daddy and tell you what I want. Um, oh, see, so, but it takes a like. I've had that, and I I will do that. Like if a the if a top is strong enough to boss me around, I'm down for that. I haven't met one yet. But oh well, I think you're talking to one right now. So I mean, just okay. I mean. All right. P.S. If you're listening, if you're listening, disclaimer: This podcast used to be a full-on sex podcast. So if you've come in hoping for like non-sexy things today, you may be disappointed. Adult <laughs> content, bro. Yeah, yeah. Content warning: This one will be about sex. Hey, friends. Right, exactly. Um, but so tell me more about like your sex life and how your disability. Like you talked about, kind of not wanting to, you know, wanting to date because you you feel people judge you about your body like wh- how do you and I I feel that way about my body because I'm certainly not the six-pack like you know model-esque dude that we see in in gay porn or we see in queer media I don't I'm not that guy so I I definitely understand how you might have like body feelings about that what about your body are you like I don't know how I feel about this so it's mainly like my my hip area right like it just like my hips because they're shaped oddly and like one cheek is higher than the other because one leg is higher than the other don't get me wrong i have a very cute butt but i have the butt of a 12 year old boy because i just have a tiny lower lower half well not everything's tiny but um (laughs) but just my lower (laughs) my lower half is small so I, I've always wanted like a bigger butt, fuller legs, you know, non-stick legs. You just I, want somebody to push their dick in your ass and have it feel good. Yes. Yes, I do. But, you know, also with CP, being a bottom, being the bottom that I am, it's so... Own your bottom energy, bitch. Do it. I'm here right? for it. Right? Like being the bottom that I am, CP plays a significant role in that because remember, I have spasms down there all the time so if somebody's sticking something in me it is going it's, to affect yeah it's going to automatically make your body like and because you know fucking is an in and out continuous like thing they don't just right. stick it in once and then it's over it's like there's a you know there's 
thrusting that occurs. Right, exactly. So it's good for them. Not always good for me if they don't know how my body angles and moves and goes about. So yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So uh, tops out there, if you're listening, if you're with a boy with CP and he spasms, hear him when he says not that way this way is better hear anybody when you're fucking in the, in the, right in the, exactly anyone you're sleeping in and they say not that way the, the correct and only response is to stop right exactly and check in with the partner and do it the right way just so we're clear um exactly. what what would you say is your like case okay, so we've determined your bottom what is your favorite sexual thing to do as a disabled bottom <sighs> i like people who like to eat cake <laughs> Just say what so it is. I like my cake. You like your ass eating out. Yes, I get it. Yeah, that, that is my favorite favorite thing, and I am very hygienically. Um, I'm I'm ready. I'm always always ready for. I have gay questions about that because I have no. I have not bottomed in that respect. I've eaten a lot of ass in my time, and I'm quite good at it. Just so we're just so everybody knows. If you want good ass eating, I'm the one to go to. Uh, right. uh, so, but, you know, I can't bottom in that respect because I can't clean myself out. It's a whole process for me. So I'm curious as somebody who's, and I've always wanted to bottom so hard. Like it's my, it's my like little gay dream is to get fucked with the ass. But, but like, what does that look, what is, what does bottom prep look like for you as a disabled person? It's like a full day process, honestly. Like if I'm gonna go there with someone and so I don't I don't always go there, but if I'm gonna go there with someone, it's like a tw- at least a 12 hour process because wow. I gotta make sure that Andy is all cleared out. There's not gonna be any weirdness, right? And I even watch what I eat the day before because that could really, that could really wreak havoc on a, on a bottom boy's experience. Um, and I, I'm just, I want the person to enjoy so much that I, I don't even want to think about like, oh, that's, that's funky. Let's not do that. Do you, um, have, as many of us with CP have, do you have IBS or is that something you live with? No, uh, I thought I did, but I think it was only living on the East Coast that made me do it. So I oh, wow. relaxed a lot more now that I'm back in LA. Like, but I thought oh, I so did for a long time. Yeah, because I live with it, and like that's part of my bottom fear. Is like, all I want to do is like get fucked in the ass, but I'm also like, mm, if I shit on them, and I've said this so many times in the show, but if I shit on them, will they think I'm dirty? And will they think I'm like they already think I'm a bit weird because they know I'm disabled? Like, will they like? Like, of course, the disabled guy shit on me. Like, of course he did. So, well, yeah. And then also, like, that, I mean, I I will tell you this. Like, with my ex-boyfriend that I was with for four years, um, we, like, he didn't care. He wanted it, and he didn't care whether it was clean or not. But if it's going to be with a guy that I don't know... I'm definitely not going to do that unless I know I'm ready to, to go all the way and, and, and have everything explored. So when yeah. you've had sex with like someone you don't know, or even with people you do know, do you experience, cause I experience a lot of when I don't hook up with my primary, you know, uh, people that I see, do you experience a lot of sexual ableism in the bedroom? Do people say weird shit about your disability? 
you know, it, it, it's kind of the opposite. People try to avoid it. Um, they, Which is the almost like worse. The in the room that they don't want to talk. Well, I don't know if they don't want to talk about it. I think they want to normalize it. Yeah. I'm always the one being super vocal. Like, by the way, I can't be on my knees for more than like two seconds. And I can't stand up without leaning on something for more than five minutes. So it's probably best that we do it this way. Uh, so I'm always talking about it um, because I want somebody to know what's what. But once they get into a groove, sex is sex, right? Like you're both going to get off. You're both going to, you know, have have your moment. So it doesn't matter how you're laying down. Um, and, and so that works for me. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Um, tell me a little bit more about... Actually, no, we'll, we'll switch it. We'll switch it up here in a second. Tell me more. You, one of the things you said in your questionnaire was that you wanted to chat about relationships and you kind of alluded that you've had, you know, exes and you've been in relationships in the past. Tell me what those have been like and what, like, I have never been in a relationship and I'm probably going to die alone, truth. Uh, but, but like, you know, what has it been like for you to be in a relationship and how did your disability play a role in, the, in, in being a partner to somebody? So... It was hard at first, like when I was younger, when I was a young gay guy at 18, 19 years old, I'm not that young anymore. But when I was a young gay guy and when I used to go out trying to look for, for guys to date, because I've always been a relationship oriented type of person, um, people would sell me things, but who would date you? You're disabled. And, and these are people, people would just straight up say that to you. Yeah, like, like people, well, it's LA. So people are bitches. Douchebags. Like, yeah, I mean, you, you just got to deal with that. So I, I essentially said, like, here's the thing, like, I had to grow a pair of my own, right, and find the confidence within myself to say, I am dateable, I am worthy of dating, I am worthy of having sex, getting fucked, um, having those relationships. And I, I don't settle. So I've been in I've been in five relationships. I've only been in love twice. Um, but I, I don't settle. So I go through yeah. I I I you said I've been in five relationships, I've been in love twice. I feel bad for the other three. Sorry. Right. No, I'm no, sorry, guys. No. I did not no, no, I'm I did not L-O-V-E you, but you were a good piece while we were together, but I've only been in love twice. That's savage. You were a good piece. Oh, no. Oh, no, that's funny. All right, so you've only been in love twice, but what has your experience of, of partnership been as a disabled it's, person? It's, it's sort of off balance, right? Because most of the guys, okay, this is going to make me sound like a total bitch. I'm not like this anymore, people, but... When I used to start dating men, I, I used to date people in different tax brackets than me. So people made twice as much money as I did because I was a poor disabled boy and I figured I'd use my face as much as possible. So I used to date guys. I bet you did use your face as much as possible. I, I, I bet did, you I did. did. I did use my face as much as possible. Um, but I, I used to date guys for dinners or to just go out and to, to do things. Um, I'm not like that anymore, but there's always been a weird sort of power dynamic because I do like guys 
who make more money than I do and who are more ambitious. Well, I don't know how we're gonna hang out then, cause cause gimp. I don't make the. I don't make that much money. I. <laughs> but you are an entrepreneur, and you, Andrew, are so attractive to lots of folks, including myself. Oh well, I, thank you. Yeah. yeah. But so, Gimp, I, I, I ain't get that money. So like, if you want to suck this D, I'm going to tell you right now. We can go to McDonald's and try to learn later. But that's all, that's all I got for you. You're, you're like the only one that could buy me a Happy Meal and be okay with that. But yeah, no, I, I usually take sushi and a, a couple bottles of wine before I get there. A couple bottles of Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, so <laughs> I will buy you a Happy Meal and then I'll give you my creamy dessert that's that's okay that's good to that's, know well now i know what to expect when i go to canada hey that's all i can offer you and okay. it'll be a, it'll be a meal on wheels Whoa! Um, oh i love that sorry charity <laughs> so i mean it's okay so you you know you being a partner has been off balance did you feel like you had to date men with money because you wanted to be like look i can i can get with these kind of guys I am worth this, so I'm going to aim for this. It's sort of that way, sort of that way, because like people's expectations of me dating were like non-existent. So I was like, you tell me I can't do something. And the first thing I'm going to do, like, watch out, bitch. I'm going to get that guy that works on Wall Street and I'm going to suck that dick real good. And And then he's going to be my bitch. So, I mean, it was a lot of that where like when I was young, I'd be like, I'm going to go out with guys just because I can. Young. How old are you now? I'm in I'm in my third decade. So you and I are close to age. But don't you dare say how old you are, because I look young. And so I'm going to keep it that way. It's I'm 30, all the, it's I'm 30, all the I'm 30, on my face. I'm 37. Uh, oh, oh no, I'm a little younger than you, but that's but that's like but I'm in my third decade for sure. All right, all right, all right. We'll yeah. keep your 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 secret is safe with this audience. Um, thank you. Anything about partnership and disability that you want to share? That like other yeah, than that's just no, joking around. It's just a it's a, it's a hard thing, right? Because a lot of guys think that I'll date them just because I have a disability or, you know, so the guy, like, I'll tell you a little antidote. When I was, um, um, when I was younger, guys who were very heavy set, I'm talking about 600 pound life heavy set would come up to me and say like, uh, I'm, I'm heavy and you're disabled, you should understand what it's like to be different. So we should just go and, and do things. And I mean, yes, but like you, I mean, you understand what it's like to be ostracized, of course, but that right. doesn't mean that just because they're heavy set or a fat person, and I, I'd say fat with love and support for anybody who is fat, but like, you know, just because they're a fat dude doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be attracted to them. It doesn't mean you're fat shaming them. It just means like, right, you're not into them. I, I need to be attracted to you in some other way than your body. And so guys coming up to me thinking that I would date them because they were like my grandpa's age or because they were, you know, 400 pounds heavier than me, just because I was on wheels was a bad, a bad way to put things. But yeah, I, um, yeah exactly. Yeah. And it's really hard to like, it's hard to not come off like an asshole when you're like, to I think to use their identity as like the crutch to get you to do something you like, or to like entice you to do something you don't want to do is kind of gross. And like, yeah, I, I remember in my younger 
years, I would say like, hey, you know, you want to be with a disabled guy? Like it's, you know, you, and, you know, and they would say, you're super nice, but like, no, I don't. And I'd be like, why? I'm disabled. You should. And it's like, no, nobody has to do anything. So I think all of us, we shouldn't use our like, our marginalization as a reason to like make somebody do something they don't want to. Amen to that. Yeah, exactly. But it's I, weird and it's totally not. agree. It's 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 sort of like a way to it's violating you know who you are and who that person yeah. Is and be. I mean, yeah. it's I'm not saying you can't use your disability as like a selling a sexy selling point, of course. But when you use it like I'm disabled and you're this, so we should you know hook up because like yeah, exactly. No, 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 no I don't like that. Um, yeah. What was your experience like with your ex? I remember when, when you and I first started talking like years ago you i remember you being in that relationship and we didn't talk much about it but i know that it was happening what was it like for you um i was in love we were planning on getting married um he had some he had some other health conditions that made it difficult for us to be together um that sort of exacerbated my disability um a little bit uh but we we at the time we were together, I think we really did love each other. And I think we we just weren't able to, to find the common ground. I think what happened was a lot of people date me thinking that I'm going to be submissive and sweet. And like, once they give me shit or once they do things for me, I'm going to be like subservient to them. And I'm the complete opposite of that individual. Like if you empower me, I'm going to empower you. I'm going to push to do more and I'm going to push you to do more and I'm going to push us to be stronger and better. And that takes work. So if people aren't willing to work, then the relationship just goes by the wayside. And I think like he just wanted a, a life where we'd be fat and happy and I wanted to do more for the disability community and be be a voice. And he just thought, well, aren't you doing enough? And I, um, it to me, like there's always more that you and I as disabled queer people can do. So I, I think I'm going to be working as, you know, as long as I can um, to, to have that voice. And yeah, I, I don't want to be silenced by my partner. Yeah, and I, like, of course, the dream is to be fat and happy, but also sometimes the dream is to make change before you die. And I get it. I totally exactly. understand. I get it completely. Um, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about, because we sort of touched on this before, but I'm curious, was your relationship with your partner impacted by any ableism and any like experiences like that? I mean, I think so. I mean, he, like, I didn't see it at the time, but like he would compare our disabilities. He might not say he's disabled, but he clearly was um, um, for two different reasons. He had chronic health conditions. And so he would compare our disabilities as, as sort of leveraging our relationship. And I would, you know, I would push through, not push through, but I would manage my disability a lot better. Um, but he felt because he made all the money 
and you know i'm i'm a i'm a light-skinned brown boy but he was a white a white guy with tons of privilege right and he didn't really realize how much tougher my life was just because of the way that i look and how much privilege he had um walking into a room versus me who was constantly being judged because they thought i was going to shoot glitter out of my ass or say something um wasn't accessible or be that angry disabled person that a lot of people think about when they see somebody with a disability yeah and i mean that surely was confounded because you're a person of of race um Mm -hmm. you know as you said a a a light-skinned disabled brown boy so i'm sure if you get angry they assume well of course he's going off yeah, he's going off because he, yeah, he doesn't feel equal because guess what, people? I'm not equal, not yet. <laughs> I, I always want to tell people that because as much as we're pushing for equality, uh, we're definitely not equal because perception is is reality in, in our world. And I think yeah. that people forget that. What does, um, what would equality look like for you as a disabled person? As a disabled person, I would love to roll into all my environments being my full authentic self. And I feel at this point in my life, I I get the opportunity to do that maybe 60% of the time, but 40% of the time I'm choosing between my queerness, my disability, or my ethnicity and have to put one over the other. I would love for my whole unicorn to be able to roll into every room and for somebody to say like, that's, that's fine. Or that's kick-ass or yeah. you belong. And so do you like that sense of belonging? So many of us with disabilities struggle with the desire to belong often in communities that will never accept us. Like, hello, LGBTQ community. Could you be anywhere? Bliss? Who knows? Um, but like, how do, you know, I have fought really hard to make strides in those communities and, and be like, no, no, you're going to notice me and you're going to see that I exist. And if I have to take my clothes off and like fuck a dude on camera for that to be a thing, you're going to look at me. Um, what has it been like for you to try to get into, into those communi- into that community? It's been tough. I mean, it's been a really hard role um, for me to do because we... It doesn't matter if you're in Canada or you're you're in LA. You you said it before. The image of beauty standards for gay men in 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 the media is one aesthetic, right? And it's the either the burly bear that's you know very hot and chiseled, or the twink, or or just someone who's like fully in shape and like youthful forever. And our bodies are different and they're not represented um, as they should be in in our culture, right? Um, So it's just been really difficult for me to to like go to a pride parade and feel like I belong, right? It's like, I always feel, even with a group of friends, I always feel like I'm on the outside looking in. Um, even if there's a gay group with disabilities there, I feel like we're all on the outside looking in at the Pride Festival. And it's just, it's really hard. I wish that 
I wish that LGBTQ people would embrace disability like they want to be embraced by the rest of the world. Yeah, and you're definitely you're 100% not the first guest that have said pretty much exactly that. Like, I know how hard it is to get into these communities. And I'll say it again, and I'm sure I said it on a recent episode, but I'll say it again. Um, I wish that we would do like we did in the, in the, I wish we would have fundraisers for accessibility and fundraisers with drag queens and, and go-go boys and all the stuff that is is a, a staple in our community. I wish that they would, they would show up for access. Right. I mean, and, and let's be real, gay, the gay community has lots of money. We have lots of expendable income. Yeah. And yet we don't spend it on our brothers and sisters with disabilities because, you know, to be honest, I don't think that they think we're worthy yet. Which sucks. Well, they don't think we're fuckable, so that why would they want to spend money on us? Yeah. Oh, there we go. There we go. But if they could fuck us, then all of a sudden, oh yeah, we'll get you that ramp. Right. But exactly. Because- but you can. You can. You just have to look. You have to be creative. Come on. You don't. You have yeah, to be creative. Yeah. You, yeah. You really, really do. Um, and I totally agree with that part because I think, you know, creativity and also like, look at the look at what. The, uh, this exclusion has, has allowed us to do like I I run this I do other stuff like I I'm a I'm a I, this is gonna sound so gross but I'm a, I'm a big name in the community which feels disgusting to say but it's true like because of the exclusion and like the same with you people know who you are when they say Andy Arias people know immediately who you're talking about because of we've been so excluded we're like fuck it I guess we have to make a name for ourselves Right. It's like, I I didn't want to be invisible anymore. And, you know, I I knew you, but they needed, they needed, America needed a different kind of unicorn. So I was like, okay, Andrew's going to do his thing and I'm going to do my thing. And I love the fact that all the people changing game in the CP gay world are either called Ryan or Andrew. So I I mean, basically it's Ryan, it's Ryan O'Connell, Ryan Haddad, Andy Arias and Andrew Grant. That's basically the four of us doing it, man. What's up, bitches? Yeah, exactly. Hey. Hey. Um, so talk to me about, and we kind of touched on this one already. I didn't go there anyway, because why not? So you kind of you, you kind of said at the beginning what you think is unsexy about your disability. What do you think is sexy about your disability? Well, I mean, I'm not going to brag to people, but my face. Go is on, pretty, go on. My, my face is pretty on point. I, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I, I have a very cute aesthetic. Like a lot of people like it. And so if that gets you, then that gets you. I love my shoulders. So my shoulders are, are sexy to me. Um, okay. I know this is going to be gross, okay. but it's vibe. My butthole is very cute. So not my butt, but my butthole is very cute. Thank I you. I have Ava questions. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. How do you now, because of the spasms you have, I feel the need to ask this and I feel it makes sense. Because of our spasms and CP, a lot of us can't stay still. How the fuck did you stay still for anal bleaching? Um, I control my spasms. I, I like I I've learned how to do certain things down there and um you know because I 
again, too much for your audience, but that's okay. I no, wax. It's not. Disability after dark, man. No, it isn't. Right? I shave and wax everything. I like a clean landing space for my for my um, for my folks. So because of me having to do that, I've learned to control certain aspects of my bottom half. And so oh, that's good. why. Oh, yeah. Gimp, I think we're a different kind of gay man. I'm, I am I think we're a different kind of queer. I'm all about the, give me the body air. Yes, please. Let's go, daddy. I, yeah, no, I like to be a, like, I'm a seal. I'm like a smooth seal. Under no, there. no, I don't, I think we'd be friends, but I don't think, I don't think, I, I don't think. I don't know, man. I just don't think. I don't know. We'll see. We'll. See. well I'd have it, to grow my hair out for like three months before we ever did anything. I'd yeah, have to be like, yeah. I'd need some scruff to make that a thing. Cause okay, good to know. Yeah, that's my jam. But I mean, yeah. it's it's cool. It's, okay, good. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, I even shaved my underarm, so you can't see it, but I can yeah. see. Yeah. No, well, you can see, but I mean, I can't see. All for body pride, and I support whatever you want to do, but like. I'm gonna get with you. I need some fuzz on, on those places. Um, Good to know. I'm just gonna put that out there. Uh, <laughs> have you ever been with another disabled guy? I have not. So excuse the, to your audience, but that's sort of why I, I fetishize over you because I want to know. Okay, <laughs> hold on. Do you you fetishize me? I I have questions. Yeah, yeah, I do because I. I want to know what it's like to be with me. I want to know what it's like for the other person. So I really want to be with a disabled person because I have no idea what that's like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> itch. Well, Go ahead, anything. That was awkward, but it's fine. It was hilarious. And I'm totally yeah. keeping it in. It's not going anywhere. Um, well, if ever you come to Canada, maybe we can make that dream come true. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. But I wanted to shift gears for our last like 10 10 minutes. And you also do a lot of acting and you do a lot of like, like you're kind of a social media person and you're out there doing the thing. Tell me about about your experiences in the acting world as a disabled person. So it was, it's been tough. It is tough. It's opening up better now, thanks to our friend Ryan O'Connell and Ryan Hadid, who are making super huge waves in the industry. Hi guys. Um, I love them. They're awesome. But for me as a brown boy with a disability, who's clearly has gay face, it's been really hard for producers and directors to like take me seriously yeah i can't mention the part but i'm up for a very big part um uh that hopefully they'll cast me for but it was one of those things where Ooh, like give me I, a hand can you um that? it's a remake of something and that's all i can say okay. uh but but it's uh it's a big part and it would make my career it would put my career on another level um, and, and that would be great. But for a long time, um, casting directors wouldn't look at me because I was too, they would say my lifestyle was too exotic, which meant I was too gay or um, wow. I was ethnically ambiguous, which means I couldn't pass as white or I wasn't disabled enough. So meaning I wasn't 
special enough for them. Um, yeah. So that's shitty, but not at all surprising because Hollywood's the worst. Yeah. Um, the worst. Do you, so you've, you had, haven't you done stuff like your own projects? Yeah. So I've done a lot of, like when I first started out, I've done commercials for Disney. I'd, I've worked with Tom Hanks and Julia Roberts, and that was amazing. Excuse me? Why did yeah. you lead with, I worked with Tom Hanks and Julia? What? In so, what capacity? Where the hell? Start that story, please. So I did a movie called, um, so it was a movie called, what was that stupid movie called? Um, Larry Crown. And the reason I don't bring it up a lot in interviews is because my, my lines got cut out from that film I had six lines in that movie and then they got deleted so they're somewhere on the cutting room floor yeah yeah but I, I work with Tom Hanks and Julia Roberts for a few days on a film and it was great and if you watch the film you can totally see me because I'm I'm um I'm Tom Hanks's classmate and he's the best director ever but he only gives you two takes and if you screw up on those two takes or your actor or your scene screws up it, then it's cut then we don't do it again he's not a do it till you get it right kind of director yeah. which i love but um but no so i worked with him and i worked with mark ruffalo on a film um that didn't get a lot of viewing mark ruffalo jesus yeah okay so if you wanted if you want me to share with you the kind of guy that i want to fuck mark ruffalo's are right up there that's that's basically like mark call me my number's Oh my God. Well, okay. Can I tell you something that your audience will love? So Mark Ruffalo calls me sugar tits because, and it wasn't because I like to get naked in front of directors. It's not, it's that, that, you know, Hollywood is notoriously inaccessible. So I've had to change in random places. So sometimes I've had to get naked and had to change in front of directors because there's nowhere else for me to change. So one day I was changing my shirt and Mark said, Hey, sugar tits. And so that, that name is stuck with me, but he's the only one allowed to call me that, but that's Please fine. tell me you have his number in your phone somewhere. I do not. I think if I had Tom Hanks's Mark and Mark Ruffalo's number, I would um, be a lot more famous. Look at you. That's cool though. Yes. I yes. mean, those are things I was not expecting to talk about today. I mean, Hey, listen, listen, by some miracle you can get a hold of him my number <laughs> no, right i will i will pass on who you are if i can get listen a andrew Gers is amazing he is give him angel money so he can build a sex toy company yes yes please i'm buying one of those once they're out and amazing and well thank you we appreciate that a handy we certainly do um uh so we talked about acting a little bit how has your disability played a role in in your stand-up career so it's very interesting because I don't talk about my disability much on 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 stage because it's sort of obvious it's like hi I'm disabled oh look at me um but I do talk about dirty sex things on um on stage because I think that people don't expect that to come out of my mouth. So I talk about dating men with money, um, having random sex whenever I can get it, 
not having any sex, people mistaking me for a, for a woman. So it's more, my, my standup has a lot to do with my sexual identity and my gender rather than my disability, which plays a role, but I don't typically tell people I'm so disabled, look at me, let's make fun of that because I think a lot of disabled comics rely on their disability in that way. And I just want to be a little different. That's fair. And it totally makes sense because it's really easy to like use that as a crutch to make a joke. Totally. And right. like, I've done it. I think we've all done it in the disability community. Yeah, exactly. Played with that a lot. So it, get, it can get tired for sure. And I like how you're like, I want to maybe not talk about that so much. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, you could, they could ask me about it. Sure. I'll explain, but on my set, like that's like 5% of my set versus like the other 95%. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, what are my questions? Let me find them again. Here we go. So what do you think makes you a disabled unicorn? So I think having so many intersections, right? Being gay, being disabled, being Latino, being a man of faith. So I'm also, I'm also gay Christian. Talk about that. Yeah. So I'm a gay Christian. I'm, I'm like a unicorn uh, in the fact that I believe in monogamy because everyone's polyamorous, no judgment there, but you know, I'm Latin. And so I get super jealous if one of my, if one of the, tops that I'm dating is dating someone else I'm gonna be like "Uh uh-uh bitch not today so I'm I'm really monogamous and really like you know you could only date me if we're gonna date and if not then move move on um but there's that bossy bottom again wow Um, there she is there she she is she comes Helen comes out a lot I'm sorry um but that's that's just me. So I, I think like just the intersectionality of who I am makes me a unicorn uh, because I, and, and the fact that I'm authentically me all of the time. Like I have to dial it down or up depending on the audience that I'm with. You, you I'm at like a nine, but like most of the time I have to be like a five or a six because not a, everyone can handle me. Hot. Yeah. Um... I'm down for that. That's cool. That's awesome. And I can handle you. Just give me some time. Um, I love it. But Andy Arias, we've talked about a lot today and we went out, we did a lot in this last hour. I want to thank you so much for coming on today. Was there anything else you want to chat about that we didn't touch on? No, I haven't. I have a film coming out. Um, you know, it's called Danny's Twins. Uh, I'm a producer on that film, and my friend had uh, twins during COVID. So, uh, watch out for that. Support that. It'll be this year's Crip Camp, hopefully. Um, nice. So let's, oh, wow. let's let's cross our fingers. So some be big, big. That's some big fucking shoes to put it in. But all right. Oh, I know. I know. I said it here first, kids. Um, but yeah, so so if you see me on the red carpet, you'll know why. Uh, but I, I love this show. I love what you're doing. Uh, you inspire me to do better, do more. And uh, I just love you so much. And, and Oh, thank well, thank you so much. I love you too. And I love what you're trying to do. Also, t- plug the film. The film is disability related, right? It's about your friend. 
Yeah, it's called Danny's Twins, and you can come see us. Uh, you know, dannystwins.com is where you can see the trailer of the film. And we're all over YouTube, all over Facebook, all over Instagram under hashtag Danny's Twins. So it's D A D A N I and then T W I N S uh, for twins. And, nice. and just find us there. And it's about your friend who had, who's a paraplegic and had twins, right? Yep. Nice. And has uh, the twins are gorgeous and beautiful and amazing during COVID. So exciting, great. cool, and it's awesome that you get to produce content like that too. Because we don't often see a lot of disability content around birth and babies and motherhood and yeah. like or or personhood or parenthood or whatever it is. So because um, I don't know their I don't know their pronouns, I just want to be sure. So right. um, this was a fun off the rails crazy super queer super gay super yeah. like disabled hour and i want to thank you so much for coming on the show today um but if they want to follow you and your work how do the people get a hold of you so instagram is andy's with an s a-n-d-y-s-w-h-e-e-l-z on instagram and actor andy arias on facebook and Andy's Wheels with two Z's on Twitter. So, yep, I'm easy uh, to find or just Google me. Any any super gay guy in a wheelchair, you're going to be able to find me. I mean, you're going to find the two. You're going to find you and me together, basically. Like, that's yeah, what you'll find. Exactly. Um, but cool. I'll make sure that all those are in the show notes. Andy Arias, thank you so much for coming on today. And it was, of course, a pleasure to chat with you. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yes, thank you. Bye, thank, guys. Thank you so much. Bye. All right, friends. That's another episode of Disability After Dark. From me, your disabled daddy, Andrew Gerza. If you want to follow my work, you can follow me on social media, on Instagram and Twitter, at andrewgerza underscore, or you can follow my website, www.andrewgerza.com, to find out more about what I do. And, of course, you can follow us on Patreon to get the show one day early and completely ad-free by going to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark or you can send us an email to disabilityafterdarkpod at gmail.com and let us know your ideas for an episode, for a minisode, or for a guest spot. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back to shine a bright light on your disabled stories next time. Copyright Notice. Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Drew Gerza and Wheels on the Ground Productions. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright 2020-2021.